Hello, and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Aditha Karkara, Chief Data Officer for Deloitte's Government and Public Services. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Dr. Brian Pendleton, Chief Data Officer at the Office of Intelligence Analysis at the US Department of Homeland Security. Dr. Pendleton, welcome. Thank you, I appreciate you having me. Brian, as you were talking through uh, all the issues, the DSAs, the MOUs that the DARK committee works through, you know, I'm, I'm thinking your expanded portfolio, which includes data, AI, there is so much happening in um, your world as the CDO for DHS INA. What are some of um, your key successes that you would highlight as you reflect upon your role uh, as the CDO since 2021? Sure. I think, um, you know, one that comes to mind is um, just publishing our first data strategy, ever getting, getting a data strategy um, pulled together that truly aligns to the federal data strategy, the intelligence community's data strategy, the department's um, evidence-based data strategy, uh, the INA strategic plan so that it is tailored to, to meet the needs of our own uh, workforce and advance our own intelligence missions. Um, that was a monumental task. And, and now it's just about executing that, right? Implementing our implementation plan and uh, measuring our progress and our success against it. That was monumental. Um, I think that uh, to me, uh, our efforts to embed data scientists with a sort of multidisciplinary reach back team for rapid solutioning, um, mm -hmm. working alongside our intelligence analysts every day is really huge to driving mission value that sort of embedded and hybrid model with um, the team that can actually bring to bear, you know, sort of end-to-end -end automated advanced analytics um, pipelines, right, to, to deliver capabilities for, for our intelligence workforce. That partnership, I think it's doing more than just delivering um, value to them from a mission perspective. To me, that's part of our data acumen and literacy effort because the more they work side by side, the more they start to speak each other's language and understand what, what one another are capable of. And what's interesting is, you know, while there is a need in my mind to to sort of educate our intelligence workforce on, you know, data lingo and, and our lexicon and our capabilities, I think there's a, an equal need to educate our data professionals on the tradecraft and the work of our intelligence workforce and like their day to day work uh, so that they can more fully like be prepared to identify opportunities where they can contribute to helping them do their mission work. And so it's bi-directional in that way. And then I think finally, I would say on data acumen and literacy, one of the one of the great successes was that we partnered with our intelligence training academy to create a, a data 101 module that now is part of um, the basic intelligence training course that all analysts of our workforce will go through. And we're now working with them uh, this year to create an advanced course that would help uh, analysts who might aspire to gain a higher level of, um, you know, data knowledge and, and skill. Uh, and then it's it's going to be about, you know, how do we continuously give advanced uh, data and data analytics skills to our own data professionals within the workforce. So those are some of the, the really key things that I think have advanced uh, the mission uh, in, in a way that was enabled by data or, or knowledge of, of, you know, at least data concepts. I couldn't say more about how much I appreciate your emphasis, uh, not only on the data strategy, but also on your emphasis on data literacy and building that acumen in the intelligence community. 
um, as I talk to other CDOs in the federal space and also in the SLED space, I, I see data literacy starting to become a more and more critical initiative and becoming a core part of um, data strategies. So great to see your emphasis there and the work that you're doing to also ensure a diverse workforce. And of course, shout out to you for always being a strong ally for all our women in data efforts. So thank you for all you do in that aspect as well. Uh, Ryan, as we talk about you taking your data strategy to the next phase and operationalizing it and implementing it, what, what are one or two key initiatives that you are really excited about in the year to come? as you move to operationalizing it and uh, implementing your strategy? Yeah, so I think one of the most important mission focused areas is, you know, I conducted also a, a data needs assessment across our entire workforce. I didn't really talk about that, but, you know, I need our, our workforce to tell me what data they believe they need to do their mission work that they do not have access to. And there's a level of complexity to this because uh, we operate on three different fabrics of technology where data might exist, right? So you have an unclassified and a secret level and a top, top secret level fabric. And they need not only the data, but they need the data on the right fabric in order to identify um, correlations or relationships with, with other data sources. And so where they may have access on an unclassified domain to a particular data set, they actually need access to that data set on the classified fabric. Um, that creates a level of complexity and technical tail um, that, that comes along with actually fulfilling that need. And so really digging into uh, our data needs assessment and prioritizing the focus of our work based on what the mission requires um, that they don't yet have today. Um, the other piece is really about, you know, I think doubling down on our embedded data science capabilities within our mission centers. We've, we've got um, two of them today uh, embedded. We've got folks embedded in two of them today. Uh, I want to expand that to the, to the remaining few and see how we can start adding uh, mission value across all of the analytics spaces of the department. Um, you know, and the other area that I think I'm really excited about is the, the kickoff of the, the DHS artificial intelligence task force that the secretary recently announced. Um, that's, that's going to be happening, uh, I think, very quickly. And I'm very eager to, uh, to work with our partners at headquarters to determine and the components to determine how we can actually contribute. And, you know, I think that um, the intelligence community has a lot of capability when it comes to artificial intelligence. And to the extent that some of those capabilities actually are unclassified in nature, I want to see how I can be the bridge to bring intelligence community capabilities to the department. And I think that's consistent with my role, kind of wearing both of those hats. And so I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how I can I can bridge that, that gap that might exist um, and really leverage uh, other investments that might have already been made to advance departmental initiatives and priorities. And Brian, we'll be watching with you as you tread on this very exciting year of uh, initiatives that you just lined up here. As we get closer to wrapping up this interview, uh, Ryan, what advice do you want to share with some people in our audience that are aspiring to get in the data field or are aspiring CDOs? That's a good question. I mean, I think that, you know, for me, and this isn't just specific to data careers. It's it's really about what are you passionate about? Figure out what you're passionate about, uh, what drives you, 
um, like what mission do you want to support and let that be the thing that guides you to the organization where you want to go employ your skills because um, passionate people are always better at their work. Happy employees do work better. And so um, it, it, and if it's, if you're talking about skills, you know, to me, um, to me, technical skills are the easier thing to, to learn and, and perfect. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the soft skills that are the harder things to, to adopt and, and, um, and mature in, but those are the most important things. You know, I talked about relationships. I talked about negotiation. Um, I talked about teamwork. Uh, these are not generally natural things that just come to people. You need to actually build capability and skills in these areas and practice them uh, because these are the things that are the foundation upon which all work gets done, right? So, you know, if I didn't have a very, very strong trust-based relationship with my own workforce, with our chief financial officer, with our human capital folks who are working around the clock to help us identify technical talent, um, with our policy, our legal, our privacy, our oversight offices, with my own senior leaders, with our partners across the intelligence community and our operational components that own the data, if those relationships weren't there, uh, the absence of those relationships serves as a barrier and an impediment to my ability to get anything useful done. And so those soft skills really matter. Um, and sort of, I think my advice is as you, if you're going to be a leader in this space, as you build your workforce, um, I often hear uh, people refer to uh, diversity and equity and inclusion. Um, to me, you can't have one without the others if you want to actually make good use of any of them. Meaning, you know, we make great effort to hire uh, diverse workforces in a very intentional and deliberate way. But the purpose of that is not only to, to give all people equal access to opportunity, but to bring in the talent and diverse perspectives and experiences that every individual brings to bear. And the problem with having simply a diverse workforce is if they're not included in actually solving problems and bringing their very best to bear, we get yeah. suboptimal solutions to the toughest problems. And so it's not just about the diversity of our workforce. To me, it's about actually including those people practically and bringing them to the table. I mean, even our interns that we bring in, I think one of the very first things that I tell every um, young intern that we bring into the organization is, I want you to sit at the table. I don't want you to be a wallflower. I want you to speak up because your voice matters. What's what's going on in your mind and how you might approach solving a problem is gonna be much different than the person sitting across from you. And the only way that we truly get the best solutions to the organization's toughest problems is that we hear your voice and that you have a seat at the table and we get the best thinking of everybody from our workforce because we do have very tough, very complex problems and everybody goes about solving them differently. And when we can bring everybody's best to bear, we get the best solutions. And so that's kind of my advice, if if you ask me. Well, Brian, you've had um, such a fantastic career in government. You've been the CDO at DHS INA since 2021. Um, I'm curious, uh, as you work with other colleagues in the industry, what are your perspectives in terms of how similar or how role, how different is the role of the CDO in 
private or the public sector? That, that's a really great question because um, right now I am in a, uh, the, the Chief Data Officer Certificate Program at Carnegie Mellon um, University. And uh, going into that program, I actually didn't necessarily know the answer to that question. But you know, all of my, uh, my colleagues, or the majority of my colleagues, are from a variety of different um, you know, private sector industries. And, and academic institutions actually. And what I find is like the key difference is that uh, most of them, uh, I think their mission driver is um, enabling profitability and, and revenue generation. Uh, that's kind of the, the why data and analytics exists within their organizations um, for us. It's about enabling analytic insights. That's kind of the currency of our organization is you know, supporting intelligence analysis. But we are much more similar than we are different. I mean, we all have the same challenges. I mean, governing our data to ensure that, that we have the data our customers need or business partners need, um, ensuring it's you know, appropriate protections and security and use. We all have budgetary constraints that we have to live within. Um, we're all challenged to recruit technical talent from the same population of technical talent. Um, I'm competing against industry for data scientists or data architects and data engineers. Um, and, you know, we all have to have a balance between developing our employees and our workforce, caring for those people, and, you know, delivery uh, for the mission on very tight timelines. Those are all like core similarities between myself and my counterpart CDOs in industry. You know, one thing that really comes to mind, I was at a uh, Gardner Data Analytics Summit last year and I participated in a CDO circle breakfast. And we had an opportunity to, to, to look to the person next to us and talk about some of, our, some of our toughest challenges. And the CDO that I sat next to was a CDO at a, at a medical institution. He's actually a, a, a medical doctor by trade. And we talked about what his biggest challenges were. And, and what he talked to me about was um, the, the privacy regimen and the governance around their data um, and how uh, there are potential life-saving life consequences uh, if, they, if they can or can't share particular patient records and patient data or correlate different uh, data related to a, to an individual patient. That's the same thing with us in Homeland Security, right? There are potential life, life-saving or life-threatening consequences if we cannot share the data and if we can't figure out and work through the governance that, you know, the privacy issues, the civil liberties issues to appropriately share and protect that information uh, in a way that, that we can protect the citizens of the nation. And so even in that way, we are very similar um, in, in the way that governance um, and compliance and oversight matter and are enablers or should be enablers, I think, uh, within you know, boundaries to enabling us to, to save lives. And, and that's, what, that's what we do here. And that's what um, you know, some CDOs are responsible for in other industries like the medical industry. So ultimately, I think we are way more similar than we are different. I, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, lots of similarities, uh, irrespective of the industry that you sit in. 
the challenges are the same, the opportunities are very similar. Uh, there is that difference like you pointed out about the public sector CDOs being driven on a mission to solve more customer centric problems which are focused on citizens versus, versus on the other side. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your experiences with us today. I know the audience is really gonna benefit from everything you shared today, Brian. Thank you so much. And I hope to connect again, maybe later in the year as you move forward with your data strategy. Thank you for your time today. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you, Aditam.